What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BTR podcast. Before we get started, please like, comment, subscribe. As always, make sure you guys uh, follow our socials linked down below. Podcast listeners, whatever audio platform you guys use, uh, rate it, review it, download it. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, we're officially ending January on 361 subscribers, give or take, because we still have four hours to go. But once again, appreciate the support. Keep watching our content. We're trying to, what's the word? Mix, grow, grow mix, mix up things up. Um, Learn, so ch- yeah. improve. So check, check uh, keep subscribing because uh, we're not stopping. And yeah, we appreciate you guys once again. Hopefully 500 by our first year anniversary of the pod is the goal right now. So yeah. hit that subscribe button. But let's get right into it. We're not talking NFL for once in our lives because Super Bowl's so far away. Um, even the NHL was supposed to be boring because we're in all-star break. But we scrapped our whole plan because the Canucks made another trade. Again with a divisional rival, another Canadian team with the Calgary Flames, Elias or Elias, whatever you guys prefer to say, we don't know, Lindholm is officially a Vancouver Canuck, and it was a couple hours ago, so it's still fresh in our minds, but the full trade package was Elias Lindholm to the Vancouver Canucks for winger Andre Kuzmenko, defensive prospects Hunter Rustevich, and Yoni Yermo. A 2024 first round pick, this year's draft obviously, and a 2024 conditional fourth. That condition is it will turn to a third round pick this year if the Canucks make the Western Conference final. Um, the other factor of this trade was Kuzmenko had to also waive his no trade clause to accept the move to Calgary. There's a lot of details there. Um, last part of the detail, no salary retention for Calgary. Well, of his $4.85 million deal, and he's a pending UFA uh, which is uh, Lindholm is, Lindholm a, pending is UFA. a pending UFA. So obviously we're going to start with the Canucks side. Reason being, we're Canucks fans. And uh, it's been a long time. Team. It's been a long time we've been aggressive at a deadline or not even a deadline before. It's been a long time we've been good. Playoff hockey will be in Rogers Arena this year. It should be. Will be. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, and this, this is going to add to that for sure. Elias Lindholm, he is... A selkie candidate, usually year in and year out. Obviously, if Bergeron didn't exist, he could have won one. He came, yeah, he was a finalist two years ago, I think, two, three yeah. years ago. Uh, Lindholm not having greatest year point production-wise, but Huberto forgot how to play hockey. You don't have Gaudreau and Kachak anymore in Calgary. Who he had a career um, career highs in, essentially. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have that with Pedersen, probably. That's what, that's what we're anticipating your first game being with an, a Pedersen line. Keep in mind, this is fresh. Um, we're still, we haven't gone into the details of what the line's going to be because it's an all-star break. So, yeah, we'll continue. And then, yeah, he's, he's going to add. Uh, he's a top six forward. That, that is for sure. Yeah. Right? He may, he may not be having the, one of the best years of his career, but you cannot deny that Elias Lindholm is a top six forward in this league. Canucks need a top six forward. They got one. Elias Lindholm is clearly the best player in this trade, obviously. Uh, because the other two are prospects, and uh, one is a struggling second-year player in Andre Kuzmenko. Um, okay, first off, Lindholm was an all-star. So the Canucks got a sixth-player all-star, seventh including the coach. But the all-star, you know, I was listening to Halford and Bruff. They brought a Calgary guy on literally yesterday, um, and he was saying that like he was also surprised that Lindholm was the all-star instead of um, Mackenzie Weger, Chris Tanev, Jacob Markstrom, even Nazem Kadri at the most. But, you know, he's still an all-star caliber player, uh, two-way player, key add there, helps with the penalty kill, has playoff experience. Um, the key thing here is the top six forward part, but the Canucks have options. 
you could either run the three, uh, you could run the lotto line and ha he has his own second pair, or you pair him with Elias Pettersson, keep Besser and Miller together. Or if you really, what the plan with Horvat was before, you run the three, the depth of the center going. The problem with that is you want your centers to play with elite wingers. You're not going to get the best out of Lindholm that way. You're not going to get the best out of PD that way, especially that he lost Kuzmenko, which obviously he wasn't doing much this year anyways. But you have options, right? Because this is why people say trading for centers is sorry, yeah, centers is the best because you could ship them on the wing, right? PD's done that. Miller's done that. P. Suter has done. P. Suter has done that. I think Sam Lafferty's a center who was converted into a winger. The only guy who consistently played center was probably Bluger, at this point. Yeah, Bluger. Um, probably Niels Amen. Niels Amen. I think he played on the wing too with Bluger. So I don't know. <laughs> Nah, Blue Girls with the, the other guys. No, early on in the year when yeah, when uh, I think Suda was I'm healthy. I'm talking about at the current moment, yeah. Yeah, Almond, but... Niels Alman is the center. The, listen, overall with the Canucks, like we'll talk about the Calgary side of the trade. I think it's a 50-50 at the moment. It all depends on if Lindholm resigns. But the Canucks are not doing it for the whole... They're not trying to resign here, right? I mean... The, the point is that it, it's, it's looking a, like a rental at the moment. It's looking like a rental, but it's still, a, it's still an overpay. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's an overpay. Because of the rental fact. Like, True. It's, it's uh, an overpay. It depends on the players, right? So here's the thing, right? First of all, you lose $5 million of Kuzmenko's contract for next year alone, right? So that's off the books for next year, which I think Kuzmenko made a mistake of trying to do a bridge deal uh, instead of actually trying to get a long-term deal yeah. done. Um, the reason why is Sat Shaw said this perfectly, Satir Shaw of Sportsnet 650, and I agree with him. Yeah, you give up. Yeah, fine. The pieces seem like they're a lot. The problem is you didn't give anyone major right because the rumors were hoaglander have to be involved in a trade like for gensel right yeah um or a pod colson or eventually a Willander or like Maki. so the, they determined that that they kept all those pieces so if they really wanted to make a superstar move still they have those pieces yeah you you gave away your salary filler in kuzmenko so you might have to give up a player or two from your roster who knows who could that be it could be zadora which is rumored but I think they're, uh, they ch um, shut that down for now because it's still five weeks away from the trade deadline. But I don't think it's an overpay that way. I think Calgary did well enough to get something in return for a guy who could leave for nothing. Uh, Hunter Bustavich is leading the OHL as a defenseman. The problem with the Canucks is you and have points, Quinn Hughes. Points. Uh, points um, in the league in general. Um, and then the problem is you already have Quinn Hughes and you don't know how long Bustavich is going to take his his like... You know how you do pros and cons out of the draft. His con was the defensive side of things. We have enough offensive guys, really, in my opinion. Um, and then on top of that, Yoni Yormo has been like, he was a third-round pick in 2020. He's been playing in Finland, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't hear too much. Chris Faber is usually a guy, the prospect guy I listen to. He's like, he was up and down. He's, he played well for Finland, I believe, in the World Juniors last year, if I'm not mistaken. But And then the first-round pick... It's going to be a late 20s. Your banking playoffs, there's a lock. If that's the case, it should be in the 20s. And again, it's a draft, hit or miss. And then the fourth or a third round pick, whatever that could be, right? So it's not like... I'm, and then Kuzmenko is struggling. And there, he doesn't fit Talkett's system. So you're getting rid of a disgruntled guy um, or a coach disgruntled, disgruntled guy as well. So realistically, I don't think we give any... We had to give someone up. If it's if the best piece to Kuzmenko we give was Bruce Devish, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm not saying I hate it. I'm I'm definitely not saying I hate it. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that Canucks going aggressive just because at the end of the day, you do have a lot of question marks when it comes to free agency, right? Everyone can say PD can resign. Still don't know. Yeah. Right? And everyone can say that for Hronik as well. Um, Obviously, now you're going to have to throw Lindholm in the conversation too. 
I don't think the Canucks make this deal if there's they don't they, believe him, huh? If they don't believe him, no, team. not that. But if they don't, that's one. Obviously, that's the main reason. Yeah. But I don't think the Canucks make this deal if they don't, if they don't believe, if they believe they have a don't believe they have a chance uh, at re-signing Lindholm. We always have. I a, think the Canucks. I think Alvin believes that he can re-sign Lindholm. Yeah. But the main reason not is because we have to wait and see. But this is why I don't like you know contract extension right away from deadline. Look. PLD, for example. Zadorov, again, they're saying that yeah. they were going to resign him immediately, and now he was benched for a period against the Blues, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So then when you're like putting those factors in, we don't, when it comes to trades, we don't know how the guy's going to be on another team. Lindholm could be sick for Calgary. Yeah. Moves make people worse. Moves can make people better. Yeah. We're not saying Lindholm's going to suck. Look at Patty Kane and Lind- Tarasenko. We're not saying Lindholm's going to be great either. Yeah. Um, but the thing is this. The Canucks are doing a smart, right? They didn't make the mistake the LA Kings make. So, which which I really like. Uh, so, they're going to see where Lindholm could fit. If Lindholm and PD become a dynamic duo, they'll believe that they 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 made this trade because they believe they can re-sign Lindholm. They just want to assess him first. Yeah, Um. listen. Obviously, I'm not saying... You make this move because you, you're going to try to re-sign. You have a bunch of UFAs, right? Dakota Joshua is probably going to command a big payday for how well he has played this year. Big, Like, a big guy that could hit, skate, and penalty kill. That's a lot of value now. And the Canucks obviously made him into that. Um. You have Teddy Bluger. You got Ian Cole. You have uh, that are free agent. Sam Lafferty still a free agent. All these guys have played well for you. Casey DeSmith is a free agent if you want to run a goalie back. Um, so for me, I think it's more that he's rewarding the team than actually and saying like, hey, we believe in this team. We're going to give you a, a Selkie finalist from a couple of years ago who plays well with talent and you have talent, right? And um, yeah, so I, I, I think it's more of a, it is definitely a rental thing. Elias Lind- Lindholm is that good that like, you that he's worth all of that. What do you think for he, a rental? Would you say he was the number one trade target, right? When it comes yeah, he to was Athletics number one trade target. He was Athletics number one. Uh, from what I heard, you, he you know what? You know what the biggest thing about this is? Yeah, they finally got a right-handed center. I didn't know he was right-handed. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know about that because but. there was some of the issues saying that oh we can't win the faceoffs on. I think Luger is right-handed. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure. But yeah, but like Lindholm being right-handed is obviously going to help, help, and he's a f- center, right? Yeah, and then centers like it's clear like. PD's going on the wing and he's going to be the center. Or PD, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it, no, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter how yeah. it goes, but like, I'm assuming Lindholm will take the face-offs yeah. uh, more than PD, which is a good little add there. I'm not saying, I like this trade because I do believe in this team in this year now, right? Like, we've seen enough, you know, um, evidence that this team can stay on top. Obviously, the stretch coming after the All-Star break will be tough. Do have one and that's perfect because um, do have one that's perfect schedules. because now you're bringing in a guy who could get you playoff ready as well. And Rutherford always, you know, Rutherford has connection with him. He drafted him in Carolina, and then uh, on top of that, um, Rutherford does his stuff early for a reason, right? You don't want a situation where the New York Rangers last year, you know, hurt their chemistry, which is still a concern. It could be a concern right now, but they made those trade deadline moves with Kane and Tarasenko roughly in that same week. Rangers bowed out early. Other teams have done the same thing. They've bowed out early, right? So you got to develop that chemistry. I feel like he's a fit in any team. I, I, I do believe that he's a fit. Because at the end of the day, there's not many right-handed people, right? Obviously, in hockey. In hockey. So not in life. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot more right-handed than oh, left-handed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And like, in life, is a lot more right-handed. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about right-shot people in hockey, right? Yeah. And uh, especially defensemen. But like this guy could fill in defensive role this guy could fill in a pk role this guy can point produce 
he can do it all when he's on his game. Yeah. The question is, can he be on his game? And I do believe that because he's going to have talent around He's going to be motivated. You have Pedersen and you have a speed guy in Mikheyev, which is probably going to be your line, right? You're going to have Lindholm, PD, and Mikheyev. And you're motivated. You're playing for a potential contender, which we'll talk about the playoffs in a sec when we bring up the other potential contenders we and have. When it comes to a trade package, I don't think the Canucks did bad, but I don't think they did great either. I think but they at did the end, fine. Huh? I think they did fine. Yeah, like, but I, I don't think they did great. It. I don't think they did great, but I don't think they did bad. I don't think it's like, you know, just trades going to ruin them or anything, but I don't think it's like, okay. They, That's what I mean. I don't, think they, I think, I don't think they necessarily dubbed out uh, when it comes to like, you know, the package, the trade Listen, package either. Canucks, some Canucks are saying you fleeced Calgary because we don't know what Brustevich is going to be like. We don't know what Yermo is going to be like. You're essentially trading a first round pick and Kuzmenko. But those, the, the, the point is, because it's not great, because it's not bad. It feels like but a fair deal then. If Lindholm, I'm not saying it's a fair opinion. deal. It That's what like I'm saying. It's a fair yeah. deal. Lindholm, if he resigns, it's a. I think it's a finesse. But well, then, then, then I think it's a dub. And if Lindholm plays well the playoffs, whether we win the cup or not, I think it's a finesse because he's that good of a player. He's a trade target number one for a reason. He was the reason why we thought he was going to go to Boston or Colorado, right? Because he would have been easily fit there. He could have been the one C in Boston and the two C in Colorado. He's now our 2C or 3C or 1C, however you want to put it, probably 2C. Um, um, when you look at it roster-wise, it's probably 2C or 3C. At the, yeah. And it's probably 3C, that's but, what w- I, but when you're looking at lineup-wise, he's probably going to be the 1C just because, yeah. you know, but why. He, like I said, like there's we're, we didn't give up our main guys, and we didn't handicap the future at all, right? I think the, this team is way smarter than Benning's team. Well, 100%, 100%. I think they're making it clear that we're not... Uh, moving Lakaramaki unless it's like an insane player, in, and then same, which is how, which is same, is that really gonna happen? Like, is Crosby same, gonna be available? No. And then same goes for Tom Willander as well, especially right. So and then the, their value certain pieces and others. They're va- like the similar thing they did it with Pittsburgh, where they brought in college free agents and all these guys. They're doing that right now with the Canucks, whether we college or junior free agents. They're all playing. They're all developing and taking their time playing well. It helps that the Canucks are healthy. Um, as and they're doing well, like Arshdi Baines again, all star. You have Niels Almond who's playing well up and down. Vasily Pakosin is on the Niels Hoaglander train uh, train right, like and, Ho- uh, and then Hoaglander tra- training himself. right now. Hoaglander himself progressed. Right? Hoaglander himself has been killing, especially recently. Like as if well. this trade was given up, you're giving up Hoaglander, then I would be like, oh my god, right? Yeah. 100%. Then at the same time, I'm like, I'm fine with this trade. I have no issues with this trade. This is if you want to make a win now move. This is a win now move. It's the perfect trade. It's a fair trade for both teams, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's that's the best way I could put it. Um, let's flip over. No, the, let's stick with the Canucks. Okay. Does this make them a contender? I feel like we should come back to this. Talk a little bit Calgary. Okay. First, just uh, no. Last thing, t- going into Calgary because it's a transition. Chris Tanev was also part of these deals, but obviously they didn't have more assets to give. If that was the case, obviously I would have been happy up to give up Hoaglander or someone. But they're still saying that Chris Tanev can come back in a separate trade with the Canucks. Again, trading with a division rival three times in a row is hilarious to me. But yeah, Chris crazy. Tanev has suitors, though. Like, there's like more than 10 teams that want Chris Tanev. Why wouldn't you? We've seen him first time with the Canucks. So, yeah. So, Chris Tanev uh, was talked about in this and is still being talked about. But Yeah, quick Calgary side now. Yeah. Um, um, again, here's the thing. Calgary... You did well enough. Um, like you, you dubbed out in the fact that you did not lose Lindholm for free, right? And obviously, that that's the biggest win you could obviously have. And when that's the case, when you the the biggest L is like how you lost Goudreau. The biggest L, like you still found a way to get Kachuk traded, which is good. 
uh, but it's not looking like a great trade at all. <laughs> but, and then uh, you dubbed out with uh, um, uh, Lindholm, right? You got a first round pick. Yes, it's going to be a 20s pick. Hunter Butznevitz is a, I don't even know how to say his name. Bruce Devish. Bruce Devish. You better hope this Hunter doesn't turn into a Shankarik. Exactly. <laughs> no, but like this guy, like he's shown so much promise and yeah. he's been developed well. Le- the he's over- a defenseman leading the league in, OHL. in the OHL in points. Like that's crazy. I don't know me. if he still is, but he once upon a time was. So, yeah, I think he still is, honestly. Yeah. But that's just crazy to me. And then he was left off the World Juniors' US roster, but it didn't even matter because US won. But yeah, so I think this was one of the Canucks' like top end prospects. Not like the, I would say top five in the one of their top, top five. Top ten for sure. Yeah, um, obviously he's not the top two. That that's for sure. We kept the top, top two, which three is good because I'm putting Seelovs there. Yeah, I'll respect Seelovs. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think you did well to get him. I think you did well to get a first, and I think you, I think first was guaranteed though. Yeah, I mean that's why like I don't mind it because like. You didn't give him much. Bruce Davish might be behind DPD for all we know, right? How it depends on how the Canucks value their stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Calgary side of things. Like I said, that you you're betting on these guys again. I I don't know how much more you could have gotten from other teams. Uh, I don't know. I guess the salary retention is a big factor, obviously. And uh, so maybe that's the thing. But I don't know if that if I were them, I would have tried to salary keep the salary a little bit, even fifty percent, and try to get a Hoglander. I would have done that if I was Calgary. Um, but the thing is, again, you still have more things to worry about. You still have Hannafin. You still have um, Tanev. Tanev, and you have. I thought there was one more, but I guess not. No, that's it. Uh, um, those are the three. These are the three players you had remaining so after Zadorov. Everything we said about the Flames has come to life everything has come to truth that the flames were going to be the biggest dealer at the deadline the only thing that we had got wrong is that the flames are not the biggest dealer at the deadline they're the biggest dealer before the deadline because now they've dealt away to the, the number one trade target and another top 10 trade target in Zadorov, I, I would think and uh, the calgary flames are officially they're sellers. we can say they're officially done for this season yeah um there's nothing much to say Calgary needed to do this they got it done surprised again they did it in the division I'm, I don't know how much of that is because Craig Conroy is just like F it I want to just see who gives me the best offer and I, I don't know if this was truly the best offer I don't know what Boston or Colorado who I thought would have gotten them could have offered the thing is let's see I, I haven't looked at the trade board yet because again it was five weeks away and this trade literally happened a couple of hours before recording I didn't have the time to look at the big board we have TSN on in the background so they might show it up eventually but yeah so Calgary side of things yeah good job it just depends on how you develop these guys at the end of the day you have uh, the Vancouver Samuel Honzik in your thing still yeah let's see how he's I know he was injured I think Jay Lipinski as well too I don't think they have Jay Lipinski they don't he's just a Giants player oh I'll double check I could be wrong I thought they're both Calgary <laughs> I know I could be wrong I know Honzik is for sure Honzik is for sure yeah um, but yeah so that that ends up Calgary going back to Vancouver Calgary season is done Vancouver season could just get started right now with this Elias Lindholm trade. Are the Canucks contenders? That's what we're going to ask. No, before that, they're still not done yet. I'm going to just say that. they could. Rick Dollywell says they could still go after um, another defenseman, whether it be Tanev, whether it be someone else in the league who's available. It could be just a depth piece because the one thing with the Canucks, which we're going to tie into the contender side of things, they've been fairly healthy, minus Carson Soucy. I know P. Suter was injured in the beginning of the year. Yeah. But Carson Soucy aside, 
you know, every coach has come on the podium and said, Rick Tockett has done an amazing job with this team. This team is so hard to play against. You never usually hear about with the Canucks. And a lot of that is because of how good, obviously, Thatcher Demko and Casey Smith have been. But the defensively, they've been hard to play against, right? And Quentin Hughes, leader of that. Uh, Philip Heronik, Ian Cole, I think we're our top three. Tyler Myers, as pe- people might hate him from the past few years, but this year for the role he's playing, he's been well, minus a couple of games, which I think was that Nashville game at the beginning so, of the so year. So it helps when, like, you know, everybody's playing. Everyone's playing their role. Yeah. Right. We're not, like, Tyler Myers was our freaking second defenseman. Right. That can't happen. And uh, it helps that he is a third pair D man. Heronic has been doing well with Hughes as You're well. right. Calgary Flames unsigned, though. He wasn't drafted. Oh, okay. So, or he's unsigned with Calgary. He probably yeah, was drafted. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So, does this make the Canucks contenders? So, here's my thing, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this before you answer that question. Last year, it was a lock that Vegas was a contender out of the West. East, you had options, right? The year before that, it was easily Colorado and probably Tampa Bay. The year before that, it was Tampa Bay for sure. The last couple of years. Um, and then in the West, again, it was between Colorado oh, yeah, or COVID Vegas. Year too, like the, like, yeah, Montreal it was like Colorado year. or Vegas in general. I'm just saying as a whole. I'm yeah, not looking yeah. at the finalists. This year, from both sides, there's no distinct guy. I, I feel like if healthy Vegas is the team, if healthy. They are. But if they're he- if it's he- if it's current health, it's wide open on both conferences. Because speaking of the Oilers, they're on a 16-game win streak right now? 15, 16-game win streak? I think Oilers. I think it's Oilers. Still, uh, um, they were expected to be here. They've definitely took a different path, a different yeah. road yeah. that we expected. But they are who we thought they are. The Oilers are a cup contender this year. They had good offseason moves. The main key reason is Ekholm is healthy and he's playing well, and because of that, they kind and of elevate their game. And then obviously McDavid and Dry- like I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the right, unsung. I'm talking hero. about the beginning of the year. McDavid yeah, I'm talking about their unsung injured. hero. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that's going to help them propel. Yeah, you know McDavid and Drysdale are going to do that. Oh, 100 percent. Ekholm and freaking Stuart Skinner, right? Those guys need to play good, and they're playing good. Zach Hyman's having an incredible year himself. The Oilers as a whole are going to be a tough team to beat, and I do believe at the moment they are the best team next to the Vancouver Canucks, though. Because the Canucks, they haven't let off, right? Like, we haven't like we haven't seen... The Oilers, we've seen a bad, bad stretch for the Oilers. We haven't seen a bad stretch for the Canucks. At max, it was two games. The thing with the Oilers is... Okay, why are my score updates coming? That's why I'm so confused. I said Canucks trade for Lindholm. That's why. Um, no, Oilers right now, they're four games in hand on the Canucks. They would be, if they win all four, which they haven't given any reason not to, they would be four points behind us only. Okay. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so the Canucks need to win this division because if they don't, they got to play Vegas or Edmonton in the first round. I would say so, right? They have to win this division. Yeah. And then, because on the other side, they are four points clear on Colorado. But again, that could be close. Canucks always have a tougher schedule coming. Because uh, right now, I would rather play the Blues, Predators, Kraken, or Kings. Oh, yeah. 100%. In the moment. 100%. Right? So, and at the end of the day, like, we're not saying any of those guys are slouches. Like, they're still solid teams. Yeah. But compared to a Vegas and an Edmonton, you'll rather have Vegas and Edmonton versus each other in the first round than you have to go through potentially both of them in the Stanley Cup final run. If you win the division, I believe you can make a deep run. I do believe that. But you have to win a division. Yeah, so, like, as of right now, I agree with you for sure. Um, as much as family might hate us for saying this, 
Canucks might, yeah, they're probably the best team in the NHL right now. But I think if you're going to project a little bit based on recent form and everything, Oilers probably take it away. The question for Oilers are, is, is, are they going to sustain their defense and goaltending in the playoffs? We will see. Chris Knobloch has done a great job. He should be in coach of the year considerations himself. Unfortunately, you have John Tortorella and Rick Bonus and Rick Talkett ahead of you, though. Yeah, um, are they? A, but are for you? They're not the favorite. But are they the? Are they a, are they a cup contender? I could consider them a cup contender. Um, it's very clear what direction this team wants to go in this trade. It's very clear what that man on the TV wants, and he wants to reward this team because they have been playing incredible. And they've been doing that, which is fair to them. Speaking of the guy on TV who was Patrick Alvin, um, started the day off, actually, it was. He extended his contract by multi-years. I think it was three years, matching the same as um, Rutherford. And I haven't listened to the press conference yet because busy been busy, been busy at work. But from what the clips and the quotes I saw, he gives a whole lot of credit to Talkit, who has one more year left on his contract, who's probably going to get a fat extension himself. So, yeah, let's see. But... You know, this team has done the same thing with this, sorry, group by group. I mean, Rutherford mainly did this with Carolina where they added pieces. They ended up winning the cup. They weren't supposed to be a favorite anyways that year. By the way, fun fact. Did you know that, you know, uh, you want to guess what team Carolina beat to get to the final? In the Eastern Conference final against the Oilers? Ottawa? Toronto. So it Toronto? could have been a Toronto-Ottawa final then. It could have been a, I'm yeah, pretty Toronto sure Edmonton. they played them. Toronto sorry, Edmonton. Toronto-Edmonton yeah, final yeah. then, right? So... But no, going back to this, yeah, credit, well-deserved extension, first of all. Oh, yeah. He's still going to probably make more moves. Let's see, but it's still the beginning because, again, we don't know if what's going to happen next year. The goal is to win the cup this year. If we do, then I could care two shits what you do this summer. Well, honestly, like, I did the same thing with the Raptors. They won, and I like I've haven't really cared what they do ever since. But you still want Obviously, like, I still support them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm, but I'm saying, like, I don't take anything to hard now, like how I do with the Canucks. Or how I do with the Colts because I haven't witnessed those guys win. Jays, yeah. Jays as well, which yeah. we'll talk about later. But, but overall, trade I would say 50-50. Time will tell. Um, for last thing though, we have to mention Andre Kuzmenko. You know he's gonna go play free now. Uh, power play opportunities rise again. Let's see. Uh, obviously a massive fan favorite. Unfortunately, huge sophomore slump. Um, out of his rookie year, even though he wasn't considered a rookie. Um. But, yeah, so I, I wish the well for him. Unfortunately, you're a Calgary Flame. That's the part that sucks. Yeah. But outside of that, I just as a player, I think he'll he'll be fine. If he plays free, he'll be fine. We'll yeah, see. yeah. Who does he play with there now, though? Huberto and Kadri? Kadri's been decent. Huberto's been pretty ass. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. Anyways, let's just continue on with the NHL talk. That's enough for the trade. Uh, comment your guys' reaction down below for that. But let's just talk about We're at the NHL All-Star break. By the way, another fun fact. Two years in a row, the Canucks were involved in a trade uh, during the All-Star break. Last year, it was them trading away Horvat, who had to wear an Islanders jersey for Team Pacific. Yeah. Or Islanders badge, or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, the crest. Uh, obviously, this year's a draft. So, let's see if Quinn Hughes and Pe- Elias Patterson and Michael Buble draft Elias Lindholm. And will he wear a Canucks badge, which he probably should. He will wear a Canucks badge. It, yeah. So I just don't know if he's going to be drafted by them because we still have, they have four other people to draft yeah. as well. So or three other people because... PD and Hughes are together. Yeah, PD and Hughes are together now. But yeah, All-Star festivities start. Draft is today as well for the All-Star. I'm assuming the Canucks go like Dem, like the PD and Hughes draft, Demko, Besser, and Miller. But at the same time, I don't want to see that just because... I want to see him go up against each other as yeah, well. Yeah, see, like, I'm not that guy that wants to be teamed up. 
Yeah. I want to see a lot. That's why I, was, I wasn't a fan of the whole assistant captains were being the same team. Um, the Hughes brothers, I don't mind because that's a whole different story. But obviously, Jack Hughes got well soon. He's still injured. But let's just talk about, you know, do you have any certain stories you want to talk about the NHL? Or I know the trade kind of blanked us. The trade, like, legit took over <laughs> everything. I do want to talk about Florida. Yeah, Florida, man. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about Florida. Last year was Kachuk. This year is Reinhardt. Who will it be next year? Because I have no idea. Reinhardt might be gone this year, next year. Like, like, there's always someone, right? Like, yes, last year they were a worse team in the regular season than they are right now. But they've been incredible. Like, they're proving that last year's run is not a fluke in the Yeah, because last year the they playoffs. barely made it. Because they did barely both make it. Both the Florida it. teams. Honestly, Miami was similar. I thought Miami wasn't going to do much. Yeah, now, yeah. okay, Miami, to be fair, is struggling now, which we'll talk about later on, probably next week with the NBA. But, you know, Florida, just they've been incredible. They started off slow, too. Yeah, because uh, that was obvious, injuries. right? Like, you have yeah. Ekblad and Montour out, like your two top defensemen. And uh, they got back healthy. Reinhardt's been playing incredible. Kachuk is still decent. He's been Kachuk, right? Sergey Bobrovsky has been secretly have a good year as well. Like he ha- he hasn't really fallen off compared to years past, right? Like he, his stats this year, like he has a nine ten save percentage and a two five one goes against average. He's an all star himself. Yeah. So like we're witnessing a proper Bobrovsky as well, which is also key. Um, I don't know how much OEL has to do with this, <laughs> but well, you know who who would fit there well too, Chris Tanev. He, well, anywhere. anywhere, but I'm yeah, just saying yeah. like that. He will put that team over the top. I think I realistically think they're a better team than the Bruins. Am I wrong to say that? I know the like it's like how we're saying the Ottawa yeah, yeah. or you're Oilers are better than the Canucks probably come playoff time when if they were to be in a matchup, I would take the Panthers over Bruins still. Yeah, you're not wrong. Kachuk's numbers have been pretty solid: 51 points in 49 games. Obviously, again, not compared to last year. We're not. Uh, this is obviously stat watching right now. We got to do the eye test a little bit more. But yeah, no, he's been. Obviously, Kachuk's been having yeah. a big impact. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. He has 35 assists, right? He's been setting up <laughs> Reinhardt, if if anything. But yeah, no, the Flo- the Florida Panthers team definitely surprised us. I won't say like they're shocking us, right? But they've definitely caught a ride just because they're proving that they're a legit team. Yeah. On the flip side, sticking with the Florida team, Tampa was on a heater recently too. They were like, obviously, when Vasilevsky came back, we thought they were going to be better. They kind of hit the skids. They were out of a playoff spot for a while. Then I think they won like their last like seven out of eight or something or something like They're that. They're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah. Right. So they they've, they've that's found a their great stride. run. Yeah, they found and their the, stride. There's a guy who might be gone for their team. Steven Stamkos doesn't have a contract next year. Imagine mm-hmm. next year, Steven Stamkos is not a Tampa Bay Lightning. That's great. I can't I can't imagine that. And people are saying that he could be traded under the deadline, which I doubt. But I don't think he's gonna trade at the yeah, deadline just because. But they like are. they're saying the consideration is there. Yeah, and like obviously there was a little bit of frustration coming out in the off season saying that like he didn't get the contract. He didn't get the contract. Yeah. yeah, so you could see it in that sense. But at the end of the day, when you're just looking like Steven Stamkos, you cannot imagine anything other than a bolt, right? Yeah, you cannot. Hundred percent. Like you. you if you don't see the bold crest on Stamkos' jersey, you're like, this is an alternate Because this is not like John Tavares leaving early. This is like, even though Steven Stamkos was kind of a similar situation, he chose to stay. Is like Crosby leaving. Like, I can't... Yeah, Crosby potentially could leave in two years, but it's so tough to see. Like, the Tavares one I could witness, right? Because at the end of the day... Again, we've seen it for a while now. Not that, but like, the Islanders compared to the Lightning level. And then Islanders went on a heater after he left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Islanders got better when Tavares yeah. left. Lightning, they've always been in the conversation. They've all, they've been to mo- multiple cup finals where they haven't won. They've been to multiple ones where they have won. 
with Stamkos on the squad as well. So honestly, com- Stamkos compared to Tavares, I cannot see the Stamkos one, whereas Tavares one, I could have imagined. Last thing with the East, Philadelphia is on a five-game losing streak right now, which is still weird to say because they're 25-19-6. and six. That Five-game losing streak, that would have put them on... Uh, 25-14-6 and six. <laughs> before that. So that's pretty crazy to say, but they're on a five-game losing streak. Like I said, I think we said it last time, they're going to fall out and probably Devils will probably get in or Pittsburgh will get in. But we'll see. I think the biggest question mark of the offseason is going to be Pitt, or in the during the season is Pittsburgh. Let's see what happens, wh- what they do. But let's switch over to the West. Um, a team that's just quietly doing their thing, not getting mentioned much as the Dallas Stars. Yeah, they've just been there. They've just been there. <laughs> they're just like everything we expected, right? Um, the Dallas Stars. Well, I had them as a division winner. I think you had them as second or something. I had them as the. No, I I don't know if I had, I had them Stanley Cup finalist. But like, I don't know if I had them division. No, winner. like they've like legit. Like I I never heard much talk about Stars. Yeah, and they've just been incredible themselves, right? They're obviously them Jets and the Avalanche are the big three in that division. They're all like legit one point within each other. Yeah. 65, 66, and 67. And they're locks. It's just uh, fighting for that top spot. spot yeah, so that, that race for the Central Division one seed is going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and that whoever that 2-3 matchup is at the beginning as well is going to be a crazy one to watch in the playoffs as well. If you think about that. Like yeah. last year's where we saw the Metropolitan where you had like Devils and Rangers. Like, yo, that's nuts, right? Yeah. That's that this whoever is the two three playing each other in the first round, that's gonna be my definition of the Devils and Rangers. Uh, right before their loss, the St. Louis Blues, uh, just they lost yesterday one nothing to the Blue Jackets out of all teams. But we're on a five game win streak. Three of those wins were actually in overtime, starting off with the Canucks, Kraken, and then the Kings. But they're a team that are emerging right now with the coaching change again. Are they going to do what they did in 2019? I don't think so. They weren't even that bad in 2019 either. But... Like, compared to 2019. 2019, they were dreadful. Yeah. So, like, they are there, but they're still fighting for that wild card spot. Again, I think the three teams in the divisions should be locked up, and they're just fighting for positioning with their own division. But, yeah, it's just, we talked a little bit last time. We're not going to go standings watch much, but overall... Let's see how the second half of the NHL season goes. Uh, before we continue with the, the serious news, let's talk about the PWHL a little bit. Uh, it's obviously, they have a showcase on Thursday, uh, 23 or 24 gr- woman, 20 minute game showcase or whatever. Marie Philip Palen was on the radio this morning on Halford and Brough explaining it. Uh, it seems like we're going to, I'm probably going to message Alex Adams and hopefully he could come on and talk about it a little bit because from what I'm seeing, the, it's one thing I love about this, that is, it's better than what the MLS CPL and all these guys do their games are on YouTube so if you do miss a game there's no excuse for you to say like I can't go on YouTube to watch a game or to kind of skim through the game that's the best part right like that's the best thing you could do right when exposure exposure is the biggest thing when it comes to anything yeah right like the more exposure you have is better even if you're losing money at this point for a new league first putting women on uh, uh on showcasing the woman that's the best thing you could do because like, like we're, we're Canadian trying to watch the CPL and we can't Exactly. And now they have issues with one soccer all of a sudden. Yeah, and then when you have the PWHL, they're competing with NHL, right? So the more exposure, the more spots where you could have your games available, it's going to be better for you. And that's one thing Jasmine said herself uh, when she was on. Yeah. Right? 
it's that's that's the biggest way and the sport can thing grow. With this is these leagues can grow. I mean, the games are competitive. There's obviously six teams. Hopefully, they can get the money to expand to Vancouver even because right now they're obviously more on the east. I think the most western team is what Minnesota. Um, yeah, probably because it's it's yeah. Boston, Minnesota, New York. Ottawa, Toronto. Toronto, Montreal. So I think it's 16. Yeah, so, uh, so obviously is. the games are much tighter. They're closer. They're physical as well. The stadiums have been selling out, but or arenas are, have been selling out. But you also got to remember, um, excuse me, um, the with the arena thing, uh, it's obviously the hype at the moment. Can it, can they sustain it? And I think the product. I've just watched a couple games here and there. I'm trying to, to watch as much as I can because one thing Jeff Merrick said is, it's, even though he's a Sportsnet guy. They're displaying it all around. Like it's in TSN and Sportsnet. So it's everywhere. And then it's on YouTube afterwards from what I know. So obviously we will try our best to tune in a little bit. But yeah. from what I've seen. So, and the women's hockey, like watching Mary Fulup plan is like probably, she's one of my favorite players to watch in general. Well, how she's fast and good she captain is. Captain Clutch. For a reason. Like when watching Canada, you're like, no, Poulain's on the ice. We have something to do. Like, yeah. It's like an expectation that Poulain's going to do something in the final minute. It's not even just her. Like, on the American side of things, you have Hillary Knight. You got this girl, Taylor Heisey, who was the first overall pick for Minnesota, who's from Minnesota. Um, now, slowly, I'm learning some Finnish players, Swedish players that are kind of coming up. Obviously, it's still Canada, USA. They're, the, I guess, the queens of um, of the of the international scene is between one of those two. But from what I'm seeing from bar down side of things, and I'm trying to knowledge myself up. And listen, everyone has their opinion about women's sports. We've said Jasmine to straight to her face that the World Cup was kind of boring. It didn't help the results. It didn't yeah. win the case. But I do tune in. I love watching certain, like, the WNBA certain times, but college basketball was insane. And women's hockey, for whatever you guys want to say, is fun to watch. Sometimes, even more than the men. Especially when it's Canada vs. USA. Oh, yeah, Canada vs. USA. So, nothing, nothing tops Canada vs. USA. Yeah, so... But that's my thoughts on it right now. We're not going to go too much into it just because of uh, we haven't watched too much, but we'll try to get someone on to talk, help us learn a little bit more about the PWHL. But we got to switch gears. We got to go serious once again. We talked about this last week. We have an update for the um, the World Junior Team, Canadian team. Those five players that I said that have taken absences, uh, which were... Let me just pull up the exact details because there's a lot of details I have saved. So the Alex Formington already um, came. He came. He surrendered himself, but he did say he's pleading non-guilty. So which means still allegedly um, assaulting, a, sexually assaulting yeah. a woman. And then the other four players. And the other four players that we mentioned last time: Dylan Carter, Dubé, oh yeah. Carter Hart, uh, Kyle Foot, and uh, Michael McLeod. Michael McLeod, all w- have been accused. They've been. Uh, I don't know if it's arrested, but they have been accused. And but all their lawyers have said they were gonna fight for their in- innocence, so they're not they're pleading not guilty, which means allegedly still because we can't say for sure that they have sexually assaulted this woman. Um, again, I tend to favor the girl side of things here because one literally just fu- she said eight people, right? Yeah, are you ish? Yeah, she she could be doing the biggest finesse in the world. And if that's the case, she should she should deserve life in prison for that matter. Yeah. Because here's the thing. This is my take on it. Before I open up more details right now, these guys should not be on an NHL team anymore. Unfortunately, I understand they're not proven guilty, and it's innocent until you're proven guilty. I get it. But the PR hit in general is going to be massive. Yeah, so like the thing with this is, right, the situation, I don't think they are going to be anyways, right? Like, it just it just that one of those things where you just have to wait and see, right? 
um, you, you just have to wait and see because we don't know. We don't know everything until the trial happens, right? So we these are any of this so, so speaking of the trial, these are some updates. This is from Eric Macramala on Twitter. Uh, do not expect Carter Hart, Michael McLeod, Dylan Dubé, and Calfo to return to the NHL after being charged. The NHL is likely to place them on paid leave pending the disposition of the case. Depending on how the case resolves, the NHL could then discipline the players. The problem with the trial, um, this is our good friend Greg Oshinsky, um, but per Rick Westhead, who shout out to Rick Westhead, this guy, I don't know how he does it. Go Every serious matter, it's him involved, whether it be super serious like this, um, obviously the Kyle Beach situation, or even like the women's fighting rights, or Canada like, soccer fighting rights. I like personal rights. stories, right, and journeys yeah. as, of, of players as well. One quote that Rick... Uh, Greg posted on Twitter per Rick Westhead was because of the backlog in Ontario's court system, it is unlikely that this case will actually get to trial before 2026. And so yeah, so that's, that's the shitty thing about I'm not I don't know if it's just this country, but in general, that's gonna be a long time. That's a long delay, yeah, for sure. In between, so this isn't be a long time to assess like if they're guilty or not guilty. So it's alleged until until proven, until otherwise. proven guilty or non-guilty and everybody has their own opinion they could say what they want we're just again we're just no one really watches us fully so i don't know but we're just at the end of the day, we're, we're just, just covering our ass by saying allegedly that's it's not even that. that we're just we're just giving you the news yeah right? we're just telling you what's happening yeah because at the end of the day it's sometimes there's difficult to find stuff and we just that, that's our role right like that's yeah what, we're gonna that's why we're inform here inform you as much as we can yeah that's well. why we're here <laughs> so hopefully justice is rightfully served whether that be f- for um the girl in this case or hopefully if if it is happens to be that the the do the guys are innocent and the girl they get justice and then the girl gets in punishment some way or another but either way we just hope this gets resolved as soon as possible it shouldn't take this long but unfortunately it is it's just the how our court system or justice system is i don't know much i'm not getting into the politics and all that here but yeah um hopefully everything comes up and we'll keep you guys updated um as soon as we go let's get into the other sports now um which one do you want to go with we have big topics everywhere really nfl we'll start off with the hires number one hire of the day is the main one mike mcdonald right is mike mcdonald yeah okay mike mcdonald raven's defensive coordinator is now the seahawks head coach oh sorry i need to cut you off i forgot one more thing about that case uh this is per emily kaplan um, of ESPN, each of these players has taken a leave of absence from their respective teams, which has been paid. If or when police announce charges, their statuses could change, likely contract termination or suspension. That's it. Okay. Um, just expanding on what I said before. Back to the NFL, we have a coaching hire, Mike McDonald, Seahawks head coach. Makes sense for the Seahawks um, because their defense obviously hasn't been Living up to it, I would say, because personnel-wise, I think they do have a decent defense. Yeah. But performance-wise, it hasn't been great. And then you look at the Ravens' defense, absolutely incredible. Uh, apart from this year, um, apart from the first half against the Chiefs, absolutely incredible. So yeah, he's 36 years old. I think he's younger than Steichen now, which makes him probably the youngest coach in the NFL. If I'm not, I'm not 100% sure though about that, but yeah. Um, Obviously, this comes after Ben Johnson says he's going back to Detroit, which we'll talk about in a second here. So, you know, for me, I thought their best option was either Vrabel, but they went younger. They probably want to go long term a little bit. 
and why not bring the guy who had one of the best defenses in the NFL? Question with this is good. I think he's Georgia from Georgia as well. I think he came with Munkin. I'm not 100% sure. I could be wrong, but he was part of he was with University of Georgia at one point in his career. Let's see what he does here. The question, yeah, 36 year old, is he gonna be able to con, uh, command a locker room like Steichen did, like Sean McVay did, Kyle Shanahan did? We'll see. Um, my big question mark for them is um, who is he gonna hire for OC? Because they lost Shane Waldron, and even Seahawks fans weren't big fans, or they were underwhelmed by Shane, Shane Waldron. I'll just say that much. And let's see who he's gonna bring. Is it gonna be someone from that staff? Obviously. They're good in the regular season. Let's see what they do in the uh, playoffs. But yeah, congrats, Mike McDonald. This has the opportunity. This has the uh, D'Amico Ryan's written all over it. Yeah, right. Just do. You, there's a there's a blueprint already set for you. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan set that. All you gotta do is just follow that. And uh, yeah, you have a stud corner. Can you can you, you can do you can do you can do work with that because Seattle at the end of the day Seattle do have good pieces, young pieces and old pieces. The question is at QB. QB is still be. a question mark and. Uh, other than that, right? Like realistically, they're they're still a solid team. Yeah. So that's the so the only spot available right now is Washington, and they have choices to make because obviously, like I mentioned, Ben Johnson elected to go back. He reportedly asked for a shit ton of money, like for a first time head coach. I think it was like fifteen million or something like that. Um. So obviously, teams are not going to pay him that much. Yeah, it's yeah. a risk. So he's staying with the Lions for another year. We were obviously talking about the Lions last time. Now I agree with you for sure. This should be back in the playoffs with a division title again. Um, outside of that, uh, the, another guy they were looking after was Bobby Slowick. Houston gave him a massive raise for him to stay in this Texan. And the QB coach is staying, continuing of the work they did with CJ Stroud and that offense. Once again, going to be probably, and they have like the third most cap space. In that uh, in the league, so that team's gonna be scary in general. So those two sp- guys are returning back to their respective organization, which leaves Washington. Who's it gonna be? If they want a culture change, I say go get Mike Vrabel. Uh, I feel like Belichick's gonna be the Cowboys coach next year because I don't think McCarthy's coming back. So yeah, I think Mike Vrabel is your best option here. Um, ben, it could still be Belichick. It was Ben Johnson. Yeah. Ben Johnson was the best option. Yeah, because because like, of your quarterback. Um, development wise because you have the second pick and you have the second pick I or, think they right? were, like the, the thing is Ben Johnson would have helped like how Shane yeah, Steichen I think they're going like offensive Shane, yeah like how Shane yeah. Steichen helped get Anthony Richardson for to a certain extent for this year but yeah uh, that guy's not available so Mike Rabel is your best option but if they go do they go defensive learn from D'Amico and see how he figured stuff out uh, the last hire is the Steelers got their OC Arthur Smith is going there. Now, there's two sides of the coin here. One is, obviously, the work he did in Tennessee was great. That led him to the Atlanta job. But I saw a stat. I haven't I actually did not save this. He signed a three-year contract. Is that for the last couple of years, his passing offense has only been... It's like 23rd in the league or something. What does Pittsburgh struggle with right now? <laughs> passing offense. <laughs> right? So, I mean, if you're looking at identity-wise, it matches. But the problem... Pittsburgh is, at the end of the day, they're a run... They're a run exactly. But, again, they right? and, cannot and, you be and, Derrick and Henry. the thing though. is this, right? Archer Smith got his job with the work he did with Derrick Henry and the work he did with uh, Ryan Tannehill and the chemistry he helped those two develop to play off each other really well. Tannehill can move himself. Kenny Pickett can move, right? Najee Harris, at the end of the day, 
is still a good running back. Jalen Warren stepped up this year, big time. So you do have the pieces of an Arthur Smith run offense. Now the thing is this: Are you gonna get your playmakers the ball, or are you gonna get freaking disguises and disguise it for like Janu Smith or your backup players, like how you did the uh, Tennessee in uh, Atlanta? Oh, Atlanta. No, Tennessee. Tennessee was incredible. I said Janu. That's what I was yeah. thinking. But no, um, yeah, like Tennessee was obviously. John was in Atlanta. I forgot he went to yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, thing with Tennessee though, let's see, because uh, he with Tennessee he did, he went through Derrick Henry, right? Is he gonna do that again? Is that the formula to win a Super Bowl? I don't think so because it did not work at Tennessee. But at the same time, they don't have a quarterback. See, that's the thing, right? Like, can he help? He, he's develop never picket. He's never worked with a quarterback. Yeah, and he's the play caller here, so it's not yeah, like yeah, that, that's great. But like, Tannehill at the end of the day is not that guy. Yeah, clearly Desmond Ritter is not that guy, and we've clearly seen Kenny Pickett might not be the guy either. So realistically, he has n- again, he's he gonna have to rely on that. He has yeah. to rely on Najee again, yeah, or, so or Warren. Like, he has no other choice. At the yeah, end of the day. we'll see how it goes. Um, it could be the same old, same old in Pittsburgh. Can he actually fix something up? Oh, I definitely think he's better than Matt Canada. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyone was better than Matt Canada. But, um, okay, that's that's it for the NFL hires. Let's go into baseball. One free agent has signed, and it happened to be with the Toronto Blue Jays. Justin Turner, 39-year-old, signed a one-year $13 million deal with an additional $1.5 million in roster bonuses uh, and performance bonuses, sorry, uh, according to John Morosi. Uh, so, and it's official... He's projected to bat fourth at the moment based on this projected Blue Jays batting order. But I have issues still. Um, so I don't know. I'm seeing reports uh, that while well, you could look if any LNL signed or traded quickly. My issue with it, I, okay, listen. I don't know if you agree with this. I think the Blue Jays are probably one or the biggest losers of the offseason now. It was the Seattle Mariners. I mean, I don't have to agree with you. Okay. it was. I'm saying that myself. Okay, yeah, so it was the Seattle Mariners until they made moves themselves. But yeah, like you're you went after Otani, great. The question was after Otani was what was your backup plan? We thought it was Bellinger. He still hasn't signed yet. This signing shows me that you ain't gonna bring him sign Bellinger at all. Jorge Soler, I think there's question marks on who wants who where he wants to go. Apparently they went hard after Jock Peterson. Jock chose Arizona over him. You can't control that. We get that. But how how could you not bring JD Martinez in? How do you not bring in um Jorge Soler. You can't tell me this is it. You're talk, you can't tell me Isaiah Kiner Falefa, uh, Justin Turner, who had a great year last year. Don't get me he wrong. He's incredible. Justin Turner He's was incredible. probably a Brandon Bell replacement at this we're, point. We're happy with the signing. We're not saying we're, we are happy with. Yeah, I'm happy with the signing, but yeah, not just him. Yeah, no. We are happy with what Justin Turner is going to bring to this team. Hopefully. But at the end of the day, it's not enough. Yeah. And uh, the thing is this if you're able to freaking budget out $500 million. Around owner. fifty to sixty million dollars per year for Shohei Otani, and all you could spend was f- what th- three million, four million on Kiner Falefa, and a fifteen million potential fifteen million. Yeah, you're definitely and whatever you spend on Cabrera. You're definitely um, uh, what do you call it? Um, underpaying or what was it called? Lowballing, lowballing, uh, in your uh, negotiations with uh, yeah Soler and uh. Whoever else you're interested yeah, in. Yeah, like, how do you not bring in J.D. Martinez after the year he had in the Dodgers? Yeah, he was right? solid too. So, 
your biggest issue last year was hitting. I get it. The pitching might come, might not be as elite as it was. I hope not that's the case because the way, have you seen Alec Manoa's looking right now? Hopefully that uh, in shape he is, right? He's killing it. He's, like, he's actually like skinny as hell. Yeah, but the thing crazy. is, let's see if yeah. that helps. That, let's see and if that actually helps. Vladdy's also in the gym. Vladdy, we've seen him do it once before. Hopefully it's again. Like if you're, be- But if you're banking on Vladdy just to be a superstar again. And you're again, banking on Manoa to bounce back. And you're banking back. on Springer to maybe not have a year he did last year. Your job as the GM slash president, whatever Shapiro and Atkins are respectively in their roles, is to make the team better than it was last year. The year before, we could have said, yes, you made the team better in a certain extent. Right, the defense was way better. The pitching, the offense was there. We expected the offense to be there, but you made the you like went you, out and got Chris Bassett. You, got, you went yeah. out and got traded for Dalton Warshaw. You got Kiermaier. We were expecting you to make a trade this year, but you haven't done that yet. It could still happen, but it, we're February first today. Right, that's as soon as this pod comes out, it'll be February first. Spring training is going to start in about a month. Players are going to start reporting in about a couple of weeks. So for me, the Blue Blue Jays are the biggest loser because you and. You're out of the Chapman race at this point. That's Justin Turner's because at this point I would have brought back Chapman some way somehow because at least your defense would have been elite. That's true. Justin Turner is not going to make your defense elite. Here's the thing, bro. A lot of and it's just fair. Like these AAA guys do deserve their opportunities because they have been playing well. For sure. But that cannot be your primary source because right? that can, that can't be the only thing you rely on to make your team better because at the end of the day it's the first time. Playing in the leagues, right? Like, Vladdy took forever, right? Bouchette took some time. Biggio, it's I don't still know how long. He still, he still hasn't been yeah. what we want him to be. Nate Pearson is the biggest example. He can't even get into a, a major league roster right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. You guys need to go find a trade. I don't know who's out there available. I know Blake Murphy on the pod said when he came on with us, Christian Yellick was the guy. Could be potentially available. I threw out Nail and Ronaldo, but I don't think the Cardinals moves will depict that now anymore. Well, that's no chance. Um, yeah, I I really don't understand what you're doing. Are you? Yeah, you could be right in saying last year was a fluke. I'm hoping it was a fluke. I if it was a fluke, great. You could say great, that. great asset management by you guys. You can say that, but you can't convince anyone. Yes, right. You're, you're not, gonna you're gonna. That's not convincing at you're all. You're gonna lose the fan base completely. This team has another couple of years before they're probably going to go on another rebuild if that's the case. You know, you were in, not even just in on Antani, you were in on Soto, reportedly as well. And yeah, unless you're going to go wait for him next year, there's you can't throw away Vladdy and Bo's years, potentially in their prime. Obviously, Vladdy struggled last year. I'm hoping he does better. But no, it makes no sense to me. You're the biggest uh, offseason loser to me right now. This is probably complete bias as well because we don't know what other teams have done. But if you're looking at, if you're trying to be a contender and you have not won a single playoff game with this core yet, you are the loser because you did not make significant moves that made you better. Period. Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing else to add really there as well. Um, we're just too pissed off and sentimental Jays fans and uh, are thriving for some sort of uh, dopamine rush that the days provide. I really hope cannot. this is a jinx that like <laughs> next time we come on the pod and we're talking about something major. They just talk done. shit about him so like they actually finally do something good. I'm, I'm half the social uh, media on Twitter and everyone. Like has. They're already doing our job for us. Yeah, <laughs> they already are. But <laughs> we don't have we like at the end of the day it's repetitive, right? Yeah, I mean I'm not looking forward to 
what they're gonna say. I'm not looking forward to this season. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it at all. And then again, we're gonna start off. Maybe like that's a, quick, a good thing, though. We're gonna start <laughs> off on a, like a nine-game road trip, anyways, due to yeah. stadium renovations as well. But speaking of a team that's actually doing something and they're actually on the come up, I mean, they haven't really done much either. But they're on the come up. But 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 they we, don't need to. They don't need to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as much, I mean, I think I still think they should go get some veteran pieces. Oh, yeah, but, but like at the end of the day, this, the, this is not the year to do it. But this might maybe this, no one maybe, But this the reason why they probably didn't is because of what I'm gonna say. The Baltimore Orioles, the Angel, uh, Baltimore Orioles, John Angelos has agreed to sell the franchise to a group of led by private equity partner David Rubenstein for a value of, get this, Baltimore, by the way, is worth $1.725 billion US. Yeah. The va- value of franchises have gone insane. NHLs are still low for some reason. I don't, I didn't expect Baltimore to be this Baltimore high. Orioles, right? Um, yeah. So here's the thing with this. You sold the team. This owner could be David Tepper and go crazy and go spend like Steve Cohen or whatever and could ruin it that way. But if you're going about money and spending and you already have Ali Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, you got Jackson Holiday waiting down there. You got st- some decent pitching as well. And I'm sure I'm missing some other pieces out there. Ryan Mountcastle. Mountcastle. <laughs> um, as well. And there's another name. I forget who it is. That division is going to be led by the Orioles. If there were, if they have, if this ownership group is smart, they get the smart people to run it, baseball operations, and they go get the pieces they need. If this team gets Blake Snell, oh my God, this team's going to be scary. All right, batting wise, we're still happy. Like obviously, at the end of the day, you could always add someone, but there's no one you could add in this free agency. Yeah, and there's no point in wasting money on that. Yeah, bullpen, a health with the healthy uh, Felix Bautista, who's out for the year, who is out for the year, unfortunately. With him, your bullpen set. The only question mark for this team is starting pitching. Yeah. And honestly, in my opinion, they performed better than what they're expected. And that's crazy to me because, like, Kyle Gibson, D. Kramer, um, these guys did better than who they actually, like, yeah. what they were expected to be. But, yeah, so that's that's the baseball side of things. Um, you know, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Uh, nothing, nothing you saw? Nothing I saw. Okay. Soccer, and you want to you end on soccer or do you want to end on NBA? One on NBA. Soccer, uh, transfer deadline. Kind of been a bust. Nothing really crazy happened. I think Gio Reyna signed his extension and then got loaned to Nottingham Forest. Uh, that's like a big one. Uh, a couple of random signings. Nothing much crazy happened. I think it's done now, right? By the time it's, it's done, yeah, up. it's done. Um, deadline has passed. So, yeah, nothing. It was kind of a. I don't know how much of it's because AFCON was on as well. And the Asian Cup as well. And the Asian Cup. But, yeah, I think nothing crazy went down. That's about it. I don't see. But one thing thing crazy went down. No, but before we talk about that. Speaking of crazy, by the way, we haven't... Did you watch AFCON? I didn't watch AFCON. No, I didn't watch it. Well, speaking of craziness, apparently upset after upset after upset after upset after upset. Okay, I saw that part. And, like, I've seen people tweeting, like, this is my first year watching AFCON, and it's probably better than the Euros or the Copa, or et cetera, et cetera. Um, is the AFCON even on TV for us? Like, I mean, where, where can we even we watch IPT, AFCON? We have IPTs. <laughs> you just gotta find it, right? <laughs> but, or you could just search it up. I know we're not promoting illegal streams here. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like, I think Mozambique will beat someone. South Africa just beat uh, Morocco, who probably was gonna be the favorite. Egypt's out. Ghana, I think, is out. Cameroon's out, which means we got Senegal's Onana, out. Which means we got Onana Sen- back. But yeah. Senegal's a defending champion. I think right? Nigeria's the only team Senegal's that's a defending champ, right? Yeah, they beat Egypt. Egypt's out. E- and Senegal. 
Yeah. So I think Nigeria is like the only good so team. So Sadio Mane and uh, Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah left early because he was injured. Yeah, no. But the two probably of the best African players at the moment. Or uh, Ivory Coast is still in. Out. Ivory Coast is still in. Mali is in. If you want to consider the U17 World Cup. that Bro, the, Mali U17 could win this half-con. Like Congo, Dominic, uh, do, uh, whatever, Dominican Republic of Congo beat Egypt. Nigeria beat Cameroon. Uh, yeah, like Morocco is out. So it's crazy. Like Algeria finished last in their group, apparently. Uh, Riyad Mars is done. Yeah, which is, I don't even know if he's there, but yeah, but yeah, Afcon has been crazy. The Asian Cup, India can't not find a single good soccer player since Sunil Chetri, and they have like two billion people or whatever they have, one point two billion. But speaking of crazy, Joven, the rumor that you were gonna bring up, Jose Mourinho, earlier who has been fired or sacked, or whatever you want to use the term, from AS Roma has unfinished business with Man United, according to himself. <laughs> well, okay, according to Mike Keegan, not himself. <laughs> Mike uh, Keegan. <laughs> yeah, so the tweet I sent you earlier, let me try to find it. Uh, so yeah, like I saw this on the United Stand Instagram page through Mike Keegan. By the way, please rejoin Granada on loan. Okay, yeah, please. Uh, breaking, on. Mourinho wants United job. I think he rejected Qatar or, or Saudi recently. Uh... But yeah, sources close to Mourinho says he's made a mission to return to United should the opportunity raise. Jose Mourinho is eyeing a return. Jose thinks he has unfinished business, as you mentioned. As a United fan, no. Again, we've seen his resume. Great manager, probably top, you know, three all-time or at least in the Premier League. The thing is, like, he didn't work once in the United. I don't think he's the manager for this young team. He, you've tried it recently. You're clearly going to fire the manager more than the players at Man United I get it it's a new set of eyes I think Ratcliffe is literally the guy I think the Glazers not even gonna be involved which in a way is good but like no like I, I'm not I'm not for it this, I'm bro. not saying he's not a serious manager he's a good manager I have never been a fan of Mourinho that's just me the play style mm-hmm. the antics but outside of that I don't think this is what Man United need that's just is, me the thing is this it's PTSD <laughs> it's PTSD as United fans uh, Mourinho is at the end of the day, as as well as he did in Ten Hag's first year. I think Ten Hag had a better year than any of the years Mourinho did, and Mourinho did really well. So, I do believe that at the end of the day, Ten Hag is the player, is the manager to get the best out of these players. He's just not doing it this year. You know who Ten Hag is? A boss. No, in general. Bald. In a, gen- a general oh. person. Who? Andre Kuzmenko. Exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? Because, like, amazing first year, horrible second year, right? And again, I'm not blaming fully on Ten Hag, but yeah. Yeah, continue. And also, like, at the end of the day, only reason it could work this time, better than that time, is he actually has defenders, right? Like, yeah. Maguire's been incredible. Lisandro's back from injury. Um, Rand's probably gone, but, like, you actually he's still have, there unless he, if he can yeah, yeah, he's still there depending on when, if it even happens this yeah. year. So he has defenders. So it could work better than it did last time. Yeah, but for me, I, I, it's not it. I don't think this is the answer. Oh, I no, just feel not. like his, it's not, it's not. his personality won't fit that fit, fit any real team now, in my opinion. And then Mourinho is also, at the end of the day, Mourinho is the end of his career as well. I see. I, I, I just see him being like a, like a national coach somewhere, national team coach maybe somewhere. Um, that's a, or just make money in Saudi, 
But if he does have unfinished business, I I just can't. I don't like the soccer. That's just me. I'm uh, that's I just did not like the style he plays in general. That's why I was never a fan of him. Now, again, not saying he's a bad coach or anything. The style works. It works, but depending on the team, it's it's not fun to watch. That that's, that's why. That's, that's, that's also the, the factor. That's the I'm factor. throwing in there as well. But let's end it off on the NBA. A uh, couple of news. First off, uh, probably a Hall of Famer. If you you agree, right? Marcus Gasol is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> is his name Marcus? I don't know. Marcus Gasol has officially retired from the NBA. I always like extending names, you know. I know. I know what you mean. You're not the only one that does yeah, I know. that. But yeah, Marcus Gasol, rapper legend. <laughs> okay. The Grizzlies will be retiring his jersey, most likely. Raptor legend. Well, yeah, he got you a chip. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like he did but he's not like Kawhi. Yeah. But, you know, Marcus All, Grizzly, Raptor, Laker legend as well. <laughs> 20 years professional, 13 in the NBA, has retired, uh, won the 2019 championship with your Toronto Raptors, um, making three all-star teams, which is surprising. Should have been more. Out of 13 of them. Uh, one All NBA, obviously Defensive Player of the Year that he won as a second All NBA <laughs> defensive. Uh, scammed his um, way to a Memphis plans to retire his number thirty three jersey. Yeah, um, this dude has scammed a def- Defensive Player of the Year, won a title, played for Memphis, played for the Raptors, and is considered for the historic franchise too in the and, Lakers, and was considered a Laker as well. Yeah, and he has a brother. That's also going to help his name grow as well. You know, Marcus, all, like, on all seriousness, he is an incredible player. Dude, he's... Um, people say Jokic is the greatest passing big man of all time, which he probably is. Yeah. In my lifetime, I know people are... The older guys are going to say, or oh, Arvidas Sabonis and all these guys. Marcus all was that dude. When he came... Oh, 100%. Take, put his defense to the side because he's a better defender than Jokic was. I'm not saying he's better than Jokic all time. Don't come at me for that. But I'm saying when you're talking about purely passing big man... Uh, he was one, he was elite at it. <laughs> yeah, more like legit watching these like his like behind the not behind the back is like those backdoor cut passes. Yeah, the top like, of the just standing at the top. Yeah, of the just those bounce passes. He incredible made. like Gasol was like a a preview of Jokic. If you think about it, yeah, like, I agree with that hundred percent. Minus like, the defense. Yeah, like Jokic's defense is not good as Gasol's defense. Was. Yeah, yeah, but like Gasol was like a like obviously we're not saying like Jokic is. Like, like Jokic carried his own team, which yeah, is why yeah. he's the like, greatest. Gasol player. didn't do that, but Gasol, like the the play style of Gasol, is very similar to Jokic. Apart from Gasol's defense playing better, and apart from Jokic probably just having better, being better offensively. Yeah, those Grizzlies teams should have been better than they were. Obviously, him and Mike Conley were a great duo, but he had Zach Randolph there as well for a little bit. Like that trio was somewhat underrated. Obviously, the furthest they went was the conference finals. Um, Marc Gasol, in general. He made an impact. He definitely was an impact player in the Raptors run as well. He played for both our teams, I just realized. Yeah, he did. He is definitely... Like with the Lakers, unfortunately, like as much as I loved him there, his his footwork was so slow, though. Even after he lost all that weight in the bubble. Like, if it wasn't for Gasol, obviously Kawhi Leonard is a big one. I don't think we get past the Sixers because he literally shut down Embiid. Yeah, like he was the Embiid stopper. Yeah, he was the Embiid stopper. And then... He would not have done that with JV. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... Yeah, um... Congrats on retirement. Do whatever you're going to do. The big boss from Barcelona. Yeah. Still remember that. Uh, Rising Stars has been announced. So this is, again, the sophomore and um, rookies. Again, we're not going to say who got snubbed from this because we don't fully know. But we know the obvious people. The rookies are Blal Kolobali, Keontae George, Jordan Hawkins, Scoop made it. 
Chet Holmgren, Hami Hawkes, Derek Lively, Brandon Miller, Brandon Podzemeski. The Warriors legend. Yeah. Kaysen Wallace, Victor, Victor Wembenyama. Uh, sophomores returning back, Paolo Banquero, Tyson, Dyson Daniels, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, Walker Kessler, uh, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Jambari Smith Jr., and Jalen Williams, the number eight dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think they call him J-Dub. J-Dub, yeah. But uh, the G League, the only guys that you could, that you'll recognize are Mac McClung, who might be back in the dunk contest. Dunk contest. And Oscar Shibwe. We need uh we need Mac McClung definitely in our dunk contest. It's an indie this year, so let's see. But um, uh, rest of the All Stars should be filled up today. I think February first. It should be. So we'll react to them next time. But I have a. I want to end on this note here. We're gonna talk about the uh, NBA's new policy when it comes to All Star, All NBA, not maybe not All Star, but All NBA and awards, the sixty five game rule. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Joel Embiid is one of the factors in this. Tyrese Halliburton's three games away from not even being considered All-NBA. I think Joel Embiid is um, a couple of games away. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, they recently played the Warriors. He got hurt late in that game. Yeah. And Draymond, there's, I, I agree with both sides of the argument. I want to know what your what, what take are you taking. Because argument, this is argument one. This is that way to implement a regular season game for the Stars to play. Yes. Right. There's yeah. a couple of rules. One, you have the NCAA tournament for the competitiveness slightly. This is number two to play the 65 games, and then number three is um, the um, I forgot what it was. Uh, I, I Contract for, bonuses, all NBA teams. No, not that. It was something else, but I completely forgot. Then you have the other side, which is injuries. Um, so players forcing to players play forcing to make that thing. play and all that stuff. And yes, you do get both sides of it. But the end of the day, oh, sorry. There, it was um, you two all stars cannot sit out at the same. Okay. Or more yeah. than two cannot sit out. Yeah. Or something like that. So, here's the thing, and I feel like this could be kind of a solution. You may consider stupid, you may consider dumb, but it's the only thing that works in my head. I feel like if you have like if you're sitting out for rest and stuff, I think the limit, like you shouldn't, you have to play at least seventy. Yeah. Right. So you can only miss twelve max. But if you have a like or if if it's sixty five, let's say it's sixty five, like how it actually is, right? But I feel like if you have an actual injury, you could bounce back that lower number, but you have a minimum number. So yeah, you so have fifty, like as a min, so as a maximum. So here's the thing, right? Or, or a minimum to play. Still. Yeah. So like, if you're an actually injured, you can't fault the player for that, right? You can't like if Embiid plays sixty games, and it's due to an actual injury, and he's not the MVP. I will, I'm gonna have some issues. There's a so here's the thing. We all we both agree right now. I think Embiid is MVP. I might consider Shea a little bit as good as as much how well Jokic is playing. I think is between those two at the moment. People might consider Shea because of how good OKC's been doing, but I think you could argue if you miss one or two games off the threshold that you could present your case that he was actually injured and he could still be considered. But that's tedious. I don't know if this is part of it. The NBA doctors have just had the neutral side of things, but the NBA doctors. But the problem is, if I could, if I'm telling you that your your knee is fine, you should be able to play, and you're like, no, it genuinely hurts. You know your body more than another person does, even if it's an actual doctor. Yeah. But yeah, you could be faking it for sure. Yeah. But the doctor's like, yeah, this hurt. Uh, this hurt, it doesn't. I don't see anything. And we've had situations where. Uh, I've heard stories, not just athlete wise. I mean, we've seen life, many times. Yeah. Where like I don't know what's wrong with my leg. Right, I mean, our mom was kind of similar. Like, exactly. th- they can't find a situation, but then there's something wrong with the leg. Yeah, 
you know your body more than any other person should as long as assuming you're telling the truth right so it's so hard to implement it like i get both sides like if i'm going like you know we're trying to plan to go you know to an nba game eventually whether it be uh in um or something like uh toronto for you toronto or LA. lakers or whatever the or case just whatever be. it is yeah. just wherever we decide to travel once you know this picks up obviously um it is that we want to watch Giannis play we want to watch both Giannis and dame play together or all three of the sons play together or the dynamic duo in the Lakers play together for me or the four in the Clippers, etc. And that helps that way. The players will be playing, but then are the players going to be playing through injury like probably Embiid is right now? Exactly. We don't know the, we don't know the full case for that. But at the but same I, time, I do believe that there, there should be like a, there should be a range. It shouldn't be like strict 65, yeah. right? But this like, I still think with like actual evidence of an injury, a minimum number could be 50. But to a certain degree, it worked a little bit because Anthony Davis only missed his fourth game this year. And he's known as Data Davis, right? Yeah. How much of that is like he's not actually resting? How much of that he's playing through injury? We don't know because he actually was playing through injury. Not the Hawks game, but the other game that he played. Kawhi played a, quite a bit this year himself, right? LeBron's been up and down, but he still played a bit, right? So it's not like... I feel like the players are missing because of injury, but then... When players see that, like, oh my god, I might not be eligible, like, Embiid probably thought. I don't think Halliburton cares about it. Halliburton might be like, oh shit, I only have three more games. I might not get my all-NBA bonus, right? Because at the end of the day, money talks. Money is involved, yeah. Money is involved. So, if you look at it that way, it's like, okay, I need to play, I need to play. But then, like, you're also hurting yourself even more long-term, potentially, and your team. But then, also, the, the only issue I could see with the thing I just suggested is that, like, the people who actually do play the 65 don't get in because... Another guy played 50 type of thing. But then that's, that's an but argument have, as well. But if Joel Embiid played 50 and he played well, and if it's over a guy like, I don't know, so like Miles Fox Turner or, or someone. Yeah. yeah, or even Miles Matter, Turner or whatever. Centers, right? Yeah, like then I'm I'm going with Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. Right? Like, that's fair. When yeah. you look at the All-Star game, people say like, okay, yes, we and you disagree. Damian Lillard should have not been a starter. And it's because the fans got him in. Like Jalen Brunson got more of the media and uh, player vote. By the way, the players... Steven Adams got votes by the players. So it's not even just a fan issue. Fans know, don't know any better. The players are voting for people that have no business being there. They're just voting their teammates. Just cause. Yeah. So like you can't at this point you have like you have to it can't be fifty. Try to make it legit, right? Yeah. Like so, at the end of the day. Yeah. But anyways, going back to this, it's um yeah, it, it's something they gotta figure out. I don't like obviously Adam Silver is the type of guy who always fixes things. Like he said, he's going to make tweaks to the in-season tournament. Let's see what those tweaks are. But yeah, ultimately, we'll see. Because it is, like, it's not going to be, like, you're playing players injured. What's the point? You're not going to see the best product. Like, imagine, like, like how Embiid got hurt. Yeah. It, fortunately for the fan base, it's at the end of the game. But unfortunately, he did get hurt. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that was, like, in the first two minutes of the game, like, some Gordon Hayward shit happened when he was in the Celtics. Or yeah, Julius yeah, yeah. Randle, when he made his rookie debut with the Lakers, shit happens. You can't control anything, you right? You, so, injuries, injuries it, it's tough to control injuries. Yeah, but that's our thoughts. I, I don't know fully as well, right? They got to like, fix that up, and they got to fix the All-Star voting. Yeah, up. the thing is this, like, one suggestion that we agree they implement, don't make it a strict 65, you know, give grace for actual yeah. reported injuries and like do your due diligence to make sure it is like you know an actual injury don't be like and as a player itself actually be injured and don't fake one as well yeah 
But yeah, we'll, we'll keep it there right now. We'll talk about the All-Star thing when the actual All-Stars get announced because I do have issues with the voting myself. I think you do too. But we'll wrap it there. Uh, one key thing, I forgot to mention it during the NHL thing. NHL tier list will be dropping on Saturday, right? Yeah. Most, yeah, for most likely Saturday. Uh, so make sure you guys keep an eye out on that. Uh, one other key thing I want to let you guys know, we will we are dropping re- uh, clip or from podcast episodes. So sometimes you see... If you see the voiceover videos, those are genuine or we're our other type of content we're trying to get out for you guys. Like the OKC, um, not the OKC one, uh, the Canucks one we made, the yeah, first yeah. one. But the second Canucks one we made was from our podcast clip. The recent one we dropped, the Detroit, Detroit Lions, Lions reaction, yeah. was from a podcast clip. So, you know, make sure you guys watch those as well. But, you know, from there, you it's, it's just for you guys, like, some we know that sometimes. Life you know, happens. Hour-long pods. You yeah. can't watch them. So, like, so, you know... You can catch some clips. But if you're wondering our, where those clips are from, yeah. these are from our, our two times a week So, like, those are, those are the things, like, you know... Those are those are the clips that we think was good conversation, good debate topic type of thing. Yeah. And we just try to promote those a little bit, and you guys could watch a little low-key highlight of the pod. Yeah, so... But, as always, those are from the podcast. So, make sure you guys still watch the whole podcast if you're wondering what other stuff we talk. We are a variety sports channel. Try to make this work. So, you could hear us talk... Mainly the five major North American sports, I guess, um, and some the combat. four North American, American plus, and soccer, plus soccer and then combat in general. Yeah, but yeah, but once again, appreciate you guys, everybody, for watching. Make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you guys follow our socials, all linked down below on the link tree. Uh, audio listeners, download, rate it, and review it. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.